Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 51, where we're going to talk about growing and evolving. What's going on, Martina? Not much, man. How's it going? It's going. It's hot. And earthquakey. <laughs> for both of us. Yes. That's a powerful earthquake if you and I are six hours apart and felt the same one. Yeah. Did you feel the one yesterday? I had to put down my noisy glass. No, I did not feel it yesterday. Oh, we were We were talking in our living room, and we were all standing up. And it was my father-in-law, my wife, me, my sister-in-law. And we were all standing there. And then the whole house just started to sway. It felt like a rolling wave. So you felt three now? Two. Okay, so then that was the one Friday night. We had one... Yeah, I guess that was... Maybe that was Friday night. Okay, so yes, that's the one I felt too. So yeah, 4th of July morning and then the 5th of July at night. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, our chandelier like was swinging in our house out of control. I thought it was going to fall down because it it's not very stable in the first place. <laughs> and the whole time I'm just watching it swing. It was crazy. I thought our pool was going to slosh over, but I saw videos of houses where that actually did happen. Oh, I have no doubt. That would have been a giant mess, so thank goodness it didn't happen. Yeah, but it was interesting to me because it was the first time I ever felt an earthquake. And then to have them back-to-back days but overall it wasn't bad here but right i'm sure it was really bad at the center yeah that's like an i think it's about an hour and a half like south-ish from me where it would like it originated from yeah it said it was a 7.1 yesterday or friday yeah the the aftershock yeah the big mama aftershock they're like usually it's not that powerful on the second one. <laughs> well, tell Mother Nature that. We'll see what happens now. I don't think she got the memo. Nope. She don't care. So what are you working on? I have two weeks of freedom where, well, one week I'm in Vegas for AWFS, but this next coming up week is a week of I can do whatever I want for myself since the entertainment center is delivered. And I slept like a baby last night because it's out of the shop. It's delivered in one piece. They're happy. So now I think... I'm going to clean the shop really good, do some reconfiguration, and I would like to be able to finish my fireplace mantle that I started in November. But I think that's... That's asking too much. Some big hopes right there. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, the the personal projects never get done. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowing myself enough time with this two weeks because one week is like dedicated to travel and everything. So Fair enough. What about you? What's going on? Uh, working on the shop drawer fronts still. I did get them sanded. The epoxy finally cured enough that I could sand it down. I think it was because it was too hot in my garage. It cured too fast? Like unevenly and too fast? Parts of it cured fast and parts of it didn't cure enough at all. And it was like bubblegummy. Mm-hmm. 
So I let it sit for like two more days and then finally could sand it down. And then I added CA glue back to it just to fill in the holes. Like I know it doesn't look perfect, but... But it's just drawer fronts. I didn't expect it to when it was a first time project and it was kind of a will this even work because it's really shallow it's only like a six yeah but it turned out like you can tell it's your logo and there's enough color for it to stand out still which is yeah there are parts where i sanded where you can start to see the wood through the epoxy because it's just so thin are you done sanding now though like you don't have to take it down anymore other than cutting it apart and then sanding after the cut Got it. To just get knocked off the edges, but I'm not going to sand the face of it anymore. Would you take it to what grit? Uh, 220, I think. That's not too bad. So the epoxy shouldn't be too scratched up and everything. Because didn't you run it through a drum sander too? Yeah, that was how we got the majority of the epoxy off. Got it. It should look a little smoother than than an orbital sander sanding it down. Yeah, I might sand it with. Uh... 400 by hand or something that doesn't sound like fun i don't really know what i've never worked with epoxy so i don't really know how to finish it the higher the grit the shinier it gets once you put finish on it because when you start to sand it it starts to scuff it up so when you start to hit it with higher grits then it'll start to look like that glossy finish like how it originally did when you poured it okay but then the hard part is depending what you seal it with it might not adhere a few sand the wood too high of a grit somebody said to just put walrus oil on it Oh, we ha- you have some of that, the furniture finish. I do. I'll try it. So I thought about maybe trying that and just... Yeah, that'd be easy. It's a shop cabinet. I mean... Yeah. It's not a fine piece of furniture or anything. <laughs> Although, people would probably cuss me out if I put fine furniture with epoxy in the same sentence. <laughs> Please send hate mail to... But it's done for the most part. It's just sanding it and cutting it apart and then attaching it. Which the cutting it is the most troublesome part because it's kind of big. It's about 42 inches wide maybe. So pack my track saw too when I come? Well, I I mean, my friend has a track saw. I've thought about trying to run it through the table saw. But I was thinking that if, if for some reason when I attached it, it wasn't completely square right. when i attached it which is there's a good chance of that just because i was by myself trying to attach a drawer front to four separate drawers at the same time mm-hmm. so i i would expect it to not be square so i'm gonna have to use either a track saw or a circular saw and guide of some sort sounds like woodworking i don't do that you, even though even though you don't do it you're like can't my laser just cut this for me the fake woodworker yeah <laughs> but the good part is is if I do it correctly, it should still look like my logo overall Yeah. when it's attached. But I might end up cutting it to where when I attach it back to the drawers, like you might be able to see part of the drawer behind it because I did not leave hardly any room. It's like drawer, a quarter of an inch, drawer. So I have very little margin for error. I don't envy you. Have fun with that. Well, like I said, I'm glad it's a shop project. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm willing to mess up on my shop projects because sure. you learn from them. Hey, and there goes our topic right there. Mm-hmm. Learning, evolving, new skills, all this. Woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> For me, that's new. Well, not really, but everybody thinks it's new. It's because you keep it all hush-hush that you actually know how to use tools. Nobody wants to see it. That's what you think. That is what I think. That's what Instagram told me when I posted one and I got like 20 likes. Like, um, See, you care what people think. That's the problem. Sometimes. You're right. <laughs> I need to just stop. You gotta get over it. 
put whatever you want to put up. I'll do what I want. I'm starting to, and it's to the point where, at this point, I'm just like, Instagram clearly has a favoritism towards certain profiles because of either ads or sponsorships exactly or that's the whole they're gearing towards influencers anyways so if that's where you're putting all your time and effort into marketing and growing your brand you're going to get eaten alive and you're going to get buried under all the sponsorships and everything so you have to start thinking of an alternative way to get yourself out there yeah and youtube is something i'm going to try to start more of i think that's a little bit easier because it's searchable versus like someone could search for a type of video that you'd produce versus someone scrolling through their newsfeed and potentially seeing what you're doing and it catching their eye or it not even coming up in their newsfeed. Yeah. So there's a higher success chance, I should say. One of my videos actually is doing pretty well, which is the how to engrave a Tumblr. I think I actually titled it like how to engrave a Yeti mug. Trademark. I'll have to look. What did I title it? No, how to laser engrave mugs and then engraving a Yeti mug. It has 4.2 thousand views which in comparison my next highest video has like 700 views so i'm trying to focus more on the content people want to see because nobody apparently wants to see sign making videos all right i almost died from your chair i adjusted the chair and it rolled at the same time Jeez. and everybody just heard the noise yeah. of you <laughs> nope. almost dying brent said he developed a filter just for my chair noises well, it's gonna have to make him work now they're not gonna hear the almost death <laughs> anyway, so I had this topic idea for kind of growing and evolving and how you push yourself and test yourself and expand your skills because this last project was just a monster. Like it was a lot of skills I hadn't used before, joinery techniques that I hadn't tried before, massive in size for one human to work on. And I just felt like it really pushed my limits. And now it's making me think how I want to further push my limits. So I thought it'd be a good conversation for us to have about learning new things how do you decide to learn new things do you just have a niche and this is what you're going to stick to what happens if you get stuck in a rut and you're not inspired by it anymore or what happens if you're just in a rut because it seems like you're doing everything in your power and it's just not gaining traction of any kind you are such a sad pants what no i mean I'm not the only one because I saw somebody else's work. I'm like, how do they not have 10,000 followers at this point? And they have like 700 posts. So that's a lot. But it's just social media. Yeah. Like, are they running their business? Are they making money? That's the hard part. You don't see that. So that's where I'm struggling right now is I'm getting so many people requesting, oh, can you engrave tumblers? Yeah, I'm going to order them next week. And then they never. And even if, if I contact them back. They're like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, and then they just never do it. I keep, I just keep getting ghosted, and that's what's frustrating me and making me like, oh, what's the word that you used earlier? I can't remember. The rut one? Yeah, that's why I feel like I'm in a rut. It's because like I'll get 10 people interested, and then not a single one orders, even though they all say they're going to. So you, I feel like, have your niche, obviously, because you do laser work mm -hmm. and laser signs, laser yetis, and everything. So at this point... You're stuck in a rut because you're not getting orders, not that you're mentally stuck in a rut. Correct. It's you can't do anything. So what would you do to evolve from that? Are you going to figure out new designs that you can do with your laser and still do laser work but show more creativity? Are you going to run a sale and hope that that gets people's in interest? How would you get yourself out of that rut? So I've tried the sale. And it doesn't seem to matter, at least because I've had like the 10% off 
different things for the last month. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any orders. The as far as like new designs, like it, it can be really difficult to find a design somebody would actually want to put on a Yeti or like a mug in general mm-hmm. that isn't like customized to their logo. But I mean, like, would you branch out? Would you do something other than a Yeti? Like how we've kind of started talking about you doing a lasered light fixture. Isn't this perfect time for you to take advantage of the downtime in your shop and just make some concepts? Yeah, that is what I'm trying to do. It's coming up with, well, you and I have talked about designs. Coming up with a design is not the easiest thing in the world for me. I feel like an interior designer would know what people would want because there's trends and whatnot that they track. And I haven't been tracking the trends. Mm -hmm. So researching the trends and figuring out what they are is it's like a rabbit hole <laughs> there i mean there's trends but there's also new concepts you could be the next trend there's also timeless things that you can do mm-hmm. and especially if you're gonna go like a more minimalist design not like totally minimalist in modern i mean but just something simple so that it's appealing to any style of home and interior design something that could blend with mid-century modern or farmhouse or actual modern like if you did a design like that in two years when this trend is over man i gotta get rid of that light fixture i'm not into that anymore and that's where i struggle is coming up with those types of designs this is what i do when we're stuck like getting inspired for home design and home decor we go to the model houses in the area and walk through there because they've had an interior designer come through there and they put all the fine finishes in, in, the, in there so that way they look appealing for someone to come buy the houses. And that's free. You can take the afternoon walk through. A lot of these places have four or five models to look at and then drive down the street and go look at another little suburban area. And then they have a different designer and you can get more inspiration. It's a good idea. I haven't tried that yet. It's a little bit more stimulating, I think, than scrolling through Pinterest because you can actually see it. You can look at it a little bit more. You can take photos of it and figure out how... It's configured and everything. And I mean, you could take your your wife and kids and get them out of the house and you're doing work still and they don't feel like daddy's stuck in his office ignoring us. Like I am now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They did quiet down though. That's funny. Once we started recording. They did. I did contact or try to message a few interior designers and email them, but I haven't heard back because I wanted to go in and have a meeting with one of them and kind of talk about, you know, because none of them usually do their own work. Right. They usually have somebody making the stuff and then they put it in the house. So I wanted to talk to one of them about design and ideas and things like that. But I haven't had luck getting any of them to respond to me. I might try actually calling them, but that's so foreign. <laughs> like why, why call somebody when you can just, you know, not be sociable? Some people still rather just communicate over the phone. It's easier than sending like 50 emails back and forth to one another. Also true. But we'll see what happens. That's So that's one thing I'm trying to do is reach out to local businesses to see if they need anything, as well as local interior designers and things that kind of know what's up and coming and trendy. I think HGTV Magazine's pretty cheap, too, if you want to just get their subscription. That's a good idea. Or follow them on um, Instagram, too, because they always have different stuff. Or they'll do their show where they're listing the their little raffle house or whatever they do every year, and that's always, like... Super on point trend, top of the line. This is the best you can get. It's new to the market type stuff. Yeah, like the 3D modeling side of it that I would need to do, I have no problem with. And like making it into a cutout template wouldn't be a problem. It's just coming up with the initial idea. Well, I think you proved this week that you have no issue 3D modeling since I sent you my 
janky little pencil drawing on my workbench real quick and five minutes later you had a rendering for me it's like this is insane i was like it took me five minutes for my sketch that's not true but (laughs) it's what i'm good at (laughs) that's a skill in itself right there so maybe you could even partner with these interior designers as like a graphic designer for them and do like the 3d designs for spatial design i know somebody that's really good at that stuff i don't i don't know the piece of software that does that Mm mm-hmm because they, they can model, like, a garage with the actual door right, right. and the windows and the track and all that. And I don't know how to do that stuff. Got it. But, if like, I know how to do more mechanical 3D design. Got it. Like, if you wanted to build a cabinet, I can design the cabinet in 3D. But if you wanted me to design, like, a room, mm-hmm. typically it's modeled in a different way. And I just don't know how to do it. But could you learn it? It's not that I probably couldn't. Yeah, I probably could learn it. And I I know somebody that could probably teach me. Is that worth for where you see your business growing and you growing? Is that worth taking the time and investing your your time in learning that? Probably not. Not. I'm not saying that it's not a good option, but it's it's less CNC and laser making focused and more like just digital design stuff. But they would give you when no one wants lasered items. Yeah. Gives you something. That's true. And then as you grow your brand in general, you could always have kind of like tiers to your brand. So you can have the actual making of the lasered and CNC items. And then you could have maybe at that point hired a graphic designer that can do that stuff for you. Yeah. That is spatial design and make your brand bigger than what it is now. So I see that as something that could be part of the brand. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as being like the main focus. Right. But I see it as being like a complement. Because I see 3D CAD modeling for, like, designs. Like, if somebody wanted, like, a cabinet design or help making a design into a laserable design or CNC cut design, that is being part of it. I just haven't really, I guess, focused on that. Because I've been trying to sell the things to make my laser payments. (laughs) But I think with YouTube, if I can start putting out more videos that are design-based as well, that might help, like, show that I can do certain things so at least there's like a i'm not just saying i can design i'm showing that i can yeah do it i think that would help me a lot with my client consults and everything if i go and say okay we're measuring this is what you're starting to think if i could make a sketchup model 3d model of them versus mm-hmm. just trust me i'll make something that look looks good especially with this last giant build that was not a cheap piece of furniture so they met me because the one of the previous builds I did was the employee of this guy. So they had just kind of that word of mouth reference for me. They don't know who who I am or what I'm capable of. And I'm not just running with their money. You know what I mean? I don't look very official. When, like if I just say, hand me over your money and trust me, it'll look good. You know what I mean? I think if I could take that yeah. time and 3D model something. And that way they can see the concept of it. They can make changes at that point. It would be a whole different ball game, and I think it would take the experience to another level and really get a better referral and have them tell more people about me in the end. But I, I don't know how to 3D model. I've tried. I'm not very patient with it. I'm just more hands-on of, like, just give me the material, let me start building, and trust me. Well, see, the one that you did, 3D modeling, that wouldn't have been very difficult. For you? <laughs> But when you go in and you're like, say you wanted to put it in the space, like I can model, I can mock up a room and put it on a wall. But if you want like end tables with plants and yeah. all this other stuff around it, that's when it's like 
unless you're pulling stock designs from somewhere, it can be very time consuming the way that I would do it. But there are people that can do it super fast with other software because it's less, um, I guess, mechanically based than what I'm used to. I need to find an intern that can do all that stuff for me that just is in college and they need an internship and they need a job reference you mean for free and they have the skills and they work for free i might be able to feed them from time to time but that'd be perfect i feel like taking that free work from somewhere would just broaden my business and expand things so much you're that person that we all hate to have as a customer (laughs) the one that wants everything for free well i mean they're getting job experience and a reference out of it. They're not going to be, if they're still working on their degree, it's not like True. they're going to be able to go work anywhere just yet, you know, in certain yeah. fields. So I, they can come work for me. That's true. Intern for me. Intern for me because I'm not paying them. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the design stuff. So, Like as far as new skills go, I do want to get better at Illustrator because I think it could be a valuable asset to mock up designs and stuff for people as well as learning like Photoshop or Lightroom to edit photos and make them look better. Like I know I can dabble in it and make them look better than however I took them, but I'm not a professional that can, you know, do it in five seconds and looks fantastic. Yeah. Lightroom would have been beneficial for me for that entertainment center to be able to pull out some of the stuff that I didn't want in there. Lightroom is pretty good. I like Lightroom. But that's, yeah, that's another skill I have to learn. Well, I have to learn video editing. Video editing is way more involved because you have to know like what shots you want and how you want it to look and what angles you want to keep and what you don't want. Yeah, and sometimes it's not like you get two takes at it. If you're correct actually building something in your videos, it's a one-time deal. Yeah, like the the last video I did was talking through, which it's not released yet, but the 10 reasons why, or 10 things you should think about when you buy a laser. Mm-hmm. So the recording is like 30 minutes because there's a ton of pauses of me like looking at my notes and then when i'm editing because i already finished this one when i edited i would go through it and be like oh that doesn't really need to be in there it's just extra elaboration that just adds time and it can be cut Mm -hmm. if you're farming that out to somebody else they're not going to know that they're going to leave it in and then your video is going to go from 20 minutes to 29 minutes but the video editing itself like i know how to do clips and drags and how to like put it all together and cut stuff out that I don't want. But when it comes to like fancy effects and stuff, that's what I don't know. No, I have I can make my 60 second videos. I have a little app that helps me out. It's very user friendly and I can That's gotten really good. And that they updated the app and it got really fancy. Like I can do a lot more with it now. And so I can a lot like if I do my time lapse videos, I can now split the video so that way I can zoom into certain sections more. And it's a free app. So that's cool. Yeah, I can't complain about that at all. Yeah, for mine, I use Premiere Pro. Yeah, see, you pay. I do pay. But yours is also going up on YouTube. You do, ed- like, tutorial, let me talk you through this, and mine's just, hey, hey, I did this thing. Well, and I pay because, cause, so a lot of people have been like, why don't you switch to Affinity Design for laser stuff? And I, like, yeah, I pay for Adobe. And I paid for Adobe because I knew Illustrator the best. And I wanted to do some tutorials based around Illustrator. And nobody wants to see me do tutorials on a piece of software that's three years old, which was the previous version of Illustrator. So I did it. And then I found out that Lightroom has been pretty handy when editing photos. And Premiere Pro has been good for editing the video and stuff. And then Audition has been good for editing podcast stuff until Brent started doing it. (laughs) 
So I've used four or five pieces of the software, and so I try to make it worth having. Yeah, for sure. But I only committed to it for like a year. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the year, if I feel like it's not doing its worth, then I might reconsider, but I don't know. The other thing is somebody in town uh, uses Premiere Pro, and then a bunch of people online use it, and they make these templates for effects you can add to your video and you can tweak them. Mm -hmm. Which this video I took and added like an Instagram fly-in that like it'll transition and kind of do that fade in. And like certain colors will fade in faster than others. And then like your channel name will fly in. So it looks really fancy. But I didn't have to do it. I just downloaded it from somewhere and stuck it in. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of people do that for Premiere. So you can download a lot of templates and things. I didn't know that. There's no reason I wouldn't know that. So that's handy. Well, I found that I think YouTube is going to be a good way to show what you do, for me anyway. It would help me get information out there that we try to do with this podcast, but we don't necessarily get into as much detail. Like, we're not going to do an episode about the 10 reasons or 10 things you should consider when buying a laser. It wouldn't make sense. So things like that would be more of a YouTube concept or channel type of thing. So I'm trying to put content on YouTube that I don't see fitting on Instagram or see fitting in the podcast, if that makes sense. Makes sense to me. And then there's a design one that'll come up after that, where I've recorded 10 illustrator tips and tricks that I use personally. I'm sure I'm going to get design hate mail from people that are professional designers saying, you know, that's a dumb way to do it. Which, for me, the videos are focused on people who use CNCs and lasers and the maker community, yeah. not generic general graphic design but there are tricks that i've used that have sped up my work a lot but we'll see how it goes i think i'm getting to the point where i need to figure out if i want to find a niche or if i want to grow past this because i think this furniture making and how long it takes me being solo to build it is just i feel like it's not going to be very sustainable like, I definitely still love woodworking. I'm having fun with it. I am I feel like I'm growing every build, but I think in the long term, it's not going to be exactly what I want it to be. So I'm getting to the mm -hmm. point where I need to start looking further and past this and just using this as a temporary thing and as a stepping stone to my next journey, I guess. Well, and it's easier if you're on the outside looking at somebody else's business. Absolutely. So me looking at yours, it's like I can I can see it being more of an interior design thing where you actually build your own pieces. Yes, I would like that. And that's where I would see yours going. But then you would have to not only have like a, an official portfolio. Right. That's where it. I start to think, what would I do? Would I design furniture, have a team under me that produces it, and we market it and sell it? Even if it's just a shop in town, if it's starting to, you know, we have someone that delivers in, you know, this amount of miles or whatever, or is it just starting to de design furniture or is it like spatial design, interior design, we consult and decorate your place and I can find someone that can build you that piece of furniture. Like it's, there's a lot of options with different things and then I think I would get to the point where woodworking again becomes a hobby instead of a full-time hustle. Well, I think it's going to, it's obviously going to be in stages, but 
if you started with the whole interior design aspect, but you made your own pieces for the most part, and then you start to bring on employees as you grow. So you bring on somebody that focuses on the mock-up digitally of designs and spaces and stuff so people can see what it would look like. Mm -hmm. Because that's what's going to set you apart is if you can go into a client and have somebody put on an iPad what their room would look like and they can see it real time. Right. It's going to be huge. It's fun, but I mean, it's it's freaking hard work. And Mm -hmm. that last project alone took me about two more weeks than I expected, but I didn't think I was going to be allergic to the wood. So I had to take extra days off. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like not 100%. I've never had to take daily allergy pills in my life. I'm now doing that. You know what I mean? Like, so that was a huge hiccup in my in my flow of work. And having that project get pushed back even further delayed me from starting the next project, which then takes money out of my pocket because I'm not working fast enough. So I think it just being self-employed alone is really difficult because you you make your own money and you're only going to be as successful as you want to be. And there's so many outside contributing factors that affect your potential success. And that like this project definitely started to make me think about stuff like that because that was that's two weeks more is a huge thing. I could have knocked out a whole other build in that two weeks. Granted, the next in line is the same client. So he's really the only one that's getting like he's getting delayed. So that but that's not always going to be like that. I'm not always going to be building back to back for clients and they don't care, you know. Yeah. So figuring out how to be more efficient, whether it's I have some design that's always running on the CNC and that's like my bread and butter and gets me guaranteed income while I take my time to build these bigger pieces of furniture or what just now my little wheels are turning and I'm trying to figure out what the next steps are and that's the hard part is coming up with designs that are more off the shelf and less standardized and that's I mean it's really hard because I feel like it's really easy to get stuck in a creative rut and to figure out what can be inspiring to you for you to either it sounds bad but take someone else's design and interpret your it yourself and make it different but you drew inspiration from somebody else or I mean you don't want to make exactly what everyone else is making but at some at some point it happens when you're making like signs that are home decor signs that are the gather love whatever I mean woodworking everyone's making cutting boards like but how do you make yours different and stand out and people want to buy from you so it's it's real easy to get stuck in a creative rut and I think in the next little bit where I get to take time off and we actually happen to be going to a woodworking conference I think that's going to be inspiring and help me figure out a little timeline of like next steps and what I want to build and who who I want to make my brand into yeah and it's one of those things where even if you find your your niche or niche or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> it's not necessarily that's an overrun market or anything it's more trying to get your work out there because the it's weird because it feels like the more you put on social media lately if it's not an ad and you're not paying for it to go out there you're getting suppressed more and more and more see that's the thing that this is what drives me nuts about this whole it's not an ad thing like who cares if you're running an ad like i know there's all the like you're not growing organically that's not how you should do it Dude, it's business. Business is freaking cutthroat. You got to make some money. Yeah. Do what you got to do to make some money. 
So if that means even spending 15 bucks on running an ad, but you get an order for it and you're making $500 profit, hell yeah, that's worth it. Who cares? I would agree. I'm really tired of people saying that you're not growing organically if you're running a a sponsored post on your Instagram. Well, running an ad is one thing. Now, if you're paying for followers, I don't do that. That is stupid. Why pay for followers? They're not going to buy from you. Correct. It's going to be some little bot account that's following you and that's going to drop off in Mm -hmm. three days anyways. The ad I could see being useful, but you're right. There's like this stigma that you're not growing organically well do you think the people jt's running ads to sell his tools like he needs to you know feed himself feed his kid run the ads well that's exactly well that's the thing right because you're it is a business you're trying to run a business and usually the people that are so against running an ad are the people that don't want it to be a business they want it to keep as a hobby and they just don't know it yet they don't realize that they don't really want a business i'm not an influencer and i don't want to be one like i am a business owner and i'm a maker yeah if i don't have business i'm not making money if i'm going to take do whatever i can to make some money so i'll run that ad yeah i've been thinking about it i haven't actually looked into how much they cost or anything they're really ridiculously cheap that's why it drives me crazy that everyone is passing judgment so if you're like you can pay for like a thirty dollar one if you're a business account, why wouldn't you do that? You're gonna run an ad in the newspaper or in a magazine or anything like that if you're a business. So why is it not okay to do it on social media? It's just figuring out what I'd even run an ad with. Yeah. But you're right, like you have to you do have to grow and evolve as a business and sometimes that might it might make you realize you have to do things you didn't initially want to do, like buying ads. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if you did end up getting sponsored content, but you have to make sure it fits well. Right. I'm not against sponsored content. I'm not against ads. I just think you have to do it in a way that makes sense for your brand. Now, if you're one of those people that takes on every sponsorship that gets thrown at you and you're a walking billboard and your brand doesn't really stand for much besides being a walking billboard, (laughs) it that wouldn't make sense to me. But if you were, well, say that you're doing your furniture business and a tool company wanted to sponsor you and outfit your shop, like that would make sense because it aligns with what you're doing. But if you were a furniture maker and then a kitchen company comes to you and says, I want to give you all these pots and pans for free for a shout out, like that wouldn't make any sense. But you see that kind of crap all the oh, time. Oh, I'm going to take all, all those pots and pans though. Yeah. Shout out. But I like to cook, so... <laughs> Uh, but I, t- I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And that's true. And I think people get so freaking like blinded by this like excitement of a, sp- a sponsor wants me and some company wants to give me free stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff's not sustainable. Keep growing your brand. Yeah. Like I get that sponsorship is good and you don't have to spend that money and everything, but that sponsorship could go away. Or, or your client base will drop off because they don't want to see that post about pots and pans. So... I try to get creative about working with brands. Yes, for and sure. Not you do. <laughs> just, and not just straight up doing sponsored content. Because I've had brands want to do sponsored content. And I made a different proposal because I, I'm i not against it. But it was something like I could see me using the product, but I didn't see it being part of my something my followers would want to see. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'll 
you know, I can do it. I'll trade. Because it's going to take as much work for me to trade something as it is to put together the video or whatever that they wanted. And sometimes it's more work to do the video or whatever they want. Yeah. Than it is to just straight up make something and trade them. But that's, that might be unique to me because I'm able to make brand magnets or mugs or whatever. Yeah, I'd have to make a video. (laughs) And I have to say, this is me using this product. But that's how I've gotten some of the stuff in my shop is by trading with brands, not asking for sponsored content. I bought it. I bought my stuff. I didn't buy my branding iron. Well, I bought stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Or my scent. The branding well, I iron. got spoiled with my CNC too. But that's not sponsored. That's just family. That's good family. That's real good family. I got a little spoiled by my brother on that one. And it's interesting because if you work with some of these companies and you offer something like that, I've had some of them say to me before, uh... I don't know. I'll have to talk to the marketing team. We've never had somebody ask that before. So it can lead you to different opportunities with that brand even. Because after I made them, they reached out and said, if you ever want to trade again, let us know. So they must have liked them or they wouldn't have said that. Makes sense. But that's one of the reasons I want to go to AWFS is try to talk to some of those and take some things that I make. That's a good way for you to market yourself and like leave something memorable because you can have your laser engraved business cards that you make. I keep thinking, how am I going to leave an impression? How do I, especially with something like that, I'm used to potential client networking, not networking with brands or affiliates or anything like that. So I think it's going to be a whole different ball game for me. It should be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. I haven't had to market myself much yet. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not the best at it. I'm learning. That's a, actually, that's a skill that I feel we need to learn as we grow and evolve is how to market yourself. For sure. That's what I keep thinking too. Once all these referral leads run up, then how do I get my name out there and how do I get people coming back? And that's kind of where I'm at is my referral leads hit a stead, standstill and kind of died off. I'm getting more skilled. I'm, I could, I definitely could be more proficient. Any of us can be more proficient, but so that way I can keep keep going with the momentum I have and everything, but I feel like that's all going to come to a halt at some point. So what do I do from that point? And that's, you know, do I learn how to build something new and something different? Or do I just pour a bunch of money into advertising and getting my name out there and running radio commercials, whatever it is like that's, I just want to start thinking about it now before I'm at that halt and I don't know what to do. I think when you come down for AWFS, we're going to have to have, business-minded discussions. I thought I was just going there to go build your assembly table. I actually don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so so that's actually one thing, too, is with this growing and evolving, right, and trying to do more YouTube, my shop is not exactly set up to be easily filmed mm-hmm. in. I constantly have to move stuff out of the way. Uh, I have to move the princess carriage because, you know, it has to be in the shop. the garage as a whole it's just not easy to maneuver around and i have to pull out one tool to do something Mm -hmm. and then put that one back and pull out a different tool to do something it's not set up well so i'm actually working with richard engstrom Mm -hmm. from i think it's just at engstrom on instagram and he 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 and i have been talking and he's actually doing like a mock-up design of what the garage could look like as far as like layout engstrom dot design okay so he knows how to do that 3D modeling stuff. I'm trying to work with him to figure out how to lay out the garage to be like to have like a film wall behind me. So if I do like talking to the camera videos, the background looks nice and then have a good layout. So getting a tool out and using it is super easy 
and straightforward and the flow of the shop is easy to walk around and get around and store stuff whatever which will lead to me getting rid of things that are in there and building different things like this free week that i get in my shop is actually perfect timing because that garbage pickup that i was telling you about that apparently you have all the time and i don't is in the next few days so all the stuff that i won't use ever can go out to the street and get thrown away like i have a bunch of particle board shelves that i took off from the walls that were in there before that I'm never going to use for anything and it's taking up eight inches in width at least and like in almost four feet in length. That's a lot of space that when you have a small area to work in I can move my fridge over which apparently the fridge can't go anywhere because I you know I have to store my watermelon that's like the only thing in there right now so I can move my fridge over I can move my CNC over I'm actually thinking about rebuilding my CNC table so that way I can have a little bit more storage underneath it that way I can become more efficient because right now I can only build one project at a time with the space that I have. And then we're talking about renting a warehouse space, but I'm still only one human. Is it worth it to take on that rental amount of money every month, that lease or whatever, make it to where I have to make enough money to be able to afford that lease plus my normal bills or whatever you want to call it. And then like, would that actually lead to me being able to have more business? Yeah. Understand. I feel kind of reinvested in the actual, like the business portion of my business and not just the making aspect of it. I get that. It's kind of nice. So the idea for the garage is, so my problem is, I'm like, I'll do it when I can afford it. Did you, you're going to say that forever. That Exactly. Thank you. So you, you pointed out my own flaw. But I mean, everyone's going to say that forever. Correct. So the things I need to do are insulate and drywall. Those are the two major ones. And fix my door mm-hmm. that's on the outside because you can't open it and close it because it's broken. Like, they used an ex- interior door for exterior. I don't know why. And it delaminated on the backside. So if you try, if you open it, you can't close it because the delamination runs into the molding. But anyway, those are, like, the three things I need to do. And if I can get that together, then I can build my... In my mind, I'm seeing, like, if you walk in the garage... The wall straight ahead would be basically like all plywood cabinets mm-hmm. with maybe like a workbench like integrated into part of it and like my sign behind me and maybe like a fridge or something to have like water and whatnot and have that be the backdrop for videos. And then on the left hand wall have the laser because that's the one that outlets to the outside. And then on the other wall have like all of the other woodworking machines Mm -hmm. but that would also involve me getting like an outdoor shed because there's bins in my garage that are like christmas ornaments christmas tree and all this stuff that don't need to be in see that would be so good for you to take the time and the money and put it into your shop because then you could do higher quality youtube videos which are more visually appealing and then people are going to be more inclined to sit and watch your video yeah and i mean i've had people tell me if you do this, let me know. I'll help you with the drywall. That's nice. Or if you do this, let me know, and I'll help you build the assembly table or whatever, um, which is awesome. And it's just, it's it's taking the money that I had from selling my mm-hmm. laser, the old one, and instead of putting it all at the new laser, which would be a good chunk, is taking it and putting it into all this other stuff and then make not having that cushion of being able right. to make my laser payment. Because the last month or so, I didn't make enough to cover the payment, so I had to dip into that money, which sucked. So it's like a gamble, just like anything else, where, okay, if I divert this money to this other stuff to help me grow, 
is it going to help it grow? It would make it more enjoyable to be out there. Well, sure. yeah. And if you start, so say you take that time and you take the money and you can put it into your shop. If you start getting a bunch of orders tomorrow and you haven't been able to take that time and put it in your shop, when are you going to get the time to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that whole, there's no time like the present. Don't put stuff off because it might not be there when you want it later. This weekend, my father-in-law was in town. So my goal next weekend is to actually wake up early. <laughs> I'll, I'll be your alarm and go out in the garage and rip off the old drywall that mm -hmm. has like water damage stains rip all that out and put it to the side and then go to Lowe's and at least because Lowe's has the insulation that uh, somebody recommended I get and because it has more of a moisture barrier to help mm -hmm. protect the machines better and go and put that insulation like buy a roll at least because one roll is like yeah. 40 to 50 bucks so buy one or two and start tacking it up where I can and try to do that a little bit by what I can afford mm -hmm. and insulate the garage if I have to or do it all in one trunk and then do the drywall and all that other stuff and start to knock out these things. And then if I get the design the way I want and figure out the layout of the garage is when I'll probably try to call in reinforcements to try to knock out and build everything in like a couple weeks because i have a couple of friends in town that are really good woodworkers that can help build up cabinets pretty fast see this is what happens when you wake up at 5 30 in the morning you can get stuff done out in, the, in your shop while it's still cool so that's that's the hardest part right is so okay so that's my other demotivator right now is it is so hot outside i don't want to be on i am so used to it i don't even realize i'm as hot as i am until i get out of the heat yeah and then it's like you come into the house and it's 78 degrees. I'm like, oh, it's kind of cold. Because, you know, when you're freaking sweating and then you get hit by the cold, it's like extra cold. But that was Amanda yesterday. She had to she had to put in her time with the business this week. She had to work for me for four days. And she hasn't put in time like this since, I think, September. So she's definitely, like, hasn't had to be in the heat, hasn't had to break a sweat like she might help me like lift something from time to time but i was like gotta earn your keep lady yeah. come on and yesterday she's like this is crap it is so hot it's such hard work like i don't know how you do it i'm just used to it now she said you need the air conditioner out here i'm like it's on like it doesn't it doesn't do much like it cools it down it makes it five ten yeah. degrees cooler in it, which is super tolerable for me but i handle the heat really well are your walls insulated they're drywalled oh like, so they're not insulated i don't think so but I don't know what's behind the drywall. Drill a small hole and look. I told you I'm scared. What if, what if like a little skeleton comes out at me? Well, a little skeleton can't fit through a little hole, so you're fine. There's a hole already because the um, wires for the sprinkler system come through to so you can do the mm -hmm. control panel, like the timer. And I looked in through that hole and I didn't see anything. So I'm assuming there can't be any insulation because that's probably like the size of a quarter. That would be a ton of insulation missing if... You'd be able to see. Yeah. So I don't think it... It's so weird because the previous owner drywalled and textured in there. But why wouldn't you insulate it? And he had his office in there. So there's like liquid nails still on the ground from him having his walls up for his office. This makes no sense to me how it was. I would drill a hole in an opposite wall and see if it had drywall or insulation that's the wall part of that wall shares the house too so you would think that would be drywalled so only one of my walls has insulation and it's the one that leads into the house but that insulation has also gotten water damage from whatever they did before we moved here 
I think us setting up our shops will both make both of us more efficient and be able to accomplish more with our businesses. Yeah. So there's there's things I want to have, which are an out feed table for the table saw that doubles as a so that mobile cart that I move around that has the painted signs in it. It would double as that storage, so I can eliminate that cart, and it would have like the full because it's seven feet wide the table saw is so it would be that wide and i could put in the tracks for clamping and whatnot that people do but have like a dedicated space that's sign assemblies and then be able to move it around and whatnot to have it as a basically like a desk for filming yeah so i can sit at it and then behind me would be like the film wall or whatever, if I'm doing talking to mm-hmm. the camera. Videos. Your favorite thing to do. I don't know that I want to have the table saw facing into the garage. Like, I'm pushing stuff right. toward my house instead of pushing it toward the outside. I don't know that it really matters, other than, like, dust collection, I would assume, would be a little bit more manageable going out. But then again, I guess as long as I clean it up constantly. Because I don't have super good dust Well, collection. it's hard with the table saw, too, because unless you have that the overhead dust collection port whatever yeah. thing i feel like it doesn't really matter because they're like it's going to shoot up from the blade all the dust but at least when you plug in it picks up part of it from the dust port just not all of it so it's still messy i my table saw has no home i move it all over the place i haven't decided at all where i like it but it's on wheel so it doesn't matter so that's why i'm trying to get the mock-up of all the tools I have, what it would look like. And Richard's really good at design from like an aesthetic standpoint. So it would mm-hmm. look good on a film wall and it would be functional. And there's ways like I see it working out. Like I see the laser in a specific spot because mm-hmm. it has to be. And then I see, you know, the table saw kind of just in the middle of the room because that's basically the only place you can put it. <laughs> and then, you know, the band saw, the joiner. I want to get rid of my scroll saw because I don't use it. And then there's like, cabinets and stuff that i want to get rid of because i right. just don't like them and then i have an extra air compressor that i don't want so if you want it when you're here you i have my little porter cable pancake uh, yeah this one's like a three gallon. yeah it gets it i don't use it for much so it gets the job done i only use mine for nail guns though i have the airstrike from ryobi and so i haven't even used the nail guns for the porter cable since i got the air compressor well yeah so i have the rigid version i guess the, mm-hmm. the 18 gauge brad nailer that just runs off the battery and that's usually what I use. But sometimes the pin nailer can come in pretty handy. The 23 gauge. That's what I need to get for mine too. I think we're totally wandering off with our topic and just talking about... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel it's good to talk about things in general, like what you want to do and the things you're struggling with. Because our listeners are struggling with similar things and at least they know that we're in this. I area. definitely feel like you're needing some re-inspiration for your brand. I think you're getting there. I think a lot of it's just, there's two main things to me that I see being the reason for that. One is I lack motivation to go out into the garage because by the time I get home, it's you know, mm-hmm. 5.30, 6 o'clock. It's still at the heat of the day, which is mm-hmm. like 103 right now, which doesn't seem like a lot to people that think, but to me it's dead. And then you have the, it stays in the hundreds until about midnight i think that and it's finally like 99 i think you'll have to start thinking about how to sustain make or experiment through the summer if you don't make the improvements like how you but that's what i think i don't think i can that's something to consider 
Like, if you're not going to put the insulation in, it's like, how do you make enough money in the fall and in the winter to sustain your laser payments the whole time if you're not going to be able to work, really, for four four or five months out of the year? Well, that's the thing, right? So I don't want to run a space because it's way too expensive here. It's in the thousands, like three, four thousand dollars sometimes. So I have to convert the garage and do it. I have to suck it up and just put the money into it. So I did get a quote from somebody to insulate and drywall and fix the door and everything from that standpoint. And it was like 1600 bucks, which isn't horrendous. That's Yeah, that's not as bad as I thought it'd be. But I'm thinking, you know, if I can do the insulation in the walls, because that's the insulation cost is what mm-hmm. is the big driver. Because insulation isn't cheap. But if I can do that. And then uh, one of the makers in Arizona said, if you want to drywall your shop, let me know. I know how to do it. I'll come up and I'll help you do it if you let me film it for YouTube. Dang. It's like, well, I'd, I'd still like. That's a solid deal right there. <laughs> like, just because I don't know how to do it doesn't mean I can't learn. No one likes me that much. No one's going to hook me up like that. Well, you got a $2,000 CNC for your brother, so <laughs> that works. There's also, you know, if I can get that done, I have a feeling the drywall wouldn't happen until fall when it's cooler. It's just too hot right now to be hanging drywall. And then go from there and try to, hopefully by next summer, it'll be insulated, drywalled, and air-conditioned. I feel like the whole spend money to make money is like a whole new level when you own a business. Well, and when you're operating out of an idea. Like if I, if I worked in like a studio where they do all that already, but you're paying a rent. But at the same token, like this would be an upgrade to the house. So technically it could make the house value go up because it's, it could be used as a workspace. You might break even. You're not going to increase your, your equity though. It won't increase the equity, but I wouldn't be losing. The fact that I have a garage with like four 220 outlets and like 15 110 outlets and then a sub panel. And if it had insulation and it was drywalled and it was air conditioned, Another woodworker or somebody that likes to work in their garage could see that as a huge selling point that most other houses here don't have. But, you know, you're right, struggling with the drive to do things, which kind of sucks. But I think we all hit the rut. I want a more positive report from you next week when we record. Well, by then, I hope to have one. That's your homework for the week. I, I do think I'm going to try to rip out some of the drywall that is up that I just have to get out and just get it done. And then try to do things that I want to do that aren't going to cost me any money right now. It's just going to cost me time. And try to get some of that done because it's one of those things where I know if I do something, it'll make me feel a little bit better. Like goal orientation. You accomplish something and then you... Yeah. That's why you do the snowball effect. You put small manageable things first that you can get done and it builds up your confidence. And you start to get Maybe you should do that. Not just talk about doing that. Just do it. Cutting the drawers apart and finishing them is one of the first steps because that's really all I have to do is cut them, sand them, put the finish on, and they already have the holes in the back to attach them back to the drawer. Well, let's stop recording and you can get to work. Yeah, that's true. We're already at over an hour. Time to work. <laughs> so, we'll see you next week. Yep, until next time. And then AWF is in two weeks. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Adios. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.